Welcome to the Veritas Equipping Podcast, a podcast designed to provide insight, resources, and biblical wisdom. Our mission as Veritas Church is raise up mature disciples, send out everyday missionaries, glorify God. Join us as we pursue Jesus to become mature disciples and effective disciple makers for God's glory. Veritas, welcome to our Equipping Podcast. We are wrapping up our series uh, where we get to know some of our elders, and we have with us Garrett Huffert and Scott Triggs. Saved these guys for last. These guys. That's <laughs> cool. Yeah. It sounds like best for last. It's like, well, to be determined. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> see how it goes. <laughs> the youngest and the oldest. That that is true. It is yeah. the youngest and the oldest uh, together uh, for this. So, like we said, uh, every time Paul established churches. He said he needed to. They needed to set up local elders to provide oversight and guidance, um, to care for the souls of people. And in a large church, sometimes it's it's hard to get to know uh, the people that are providing the primary leadership and direction and, and guarding the health and doctrine of your church. So, uh, the reason we're doing this is to give you a chance to get to know them. We want to fight for a family feel, and this is one way uh, that you can get to know your elders better. So, uh, Garrett, we'll start with you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Wow, that's just the most open-ended question. Yeah, possible. like I just where are you gonna go with it? <laughs> uh, yeah, I've uh, been at Veritas uh, ever since we were in Iowa City. Um, got the joy of you uh, both are yeah OGs. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. From like so, the, the day one. From day one. That's yeah. Awesome. So it's it's been really sweet to to be here and see what God's done in our people and um, see how He's grown our church, not just number wise, but also just maturity and uh, a love for the Lord, and it's just been really sweet. Um, uh, my wife and I, Carly, uh, we live in Robbins. Um, we have 11 children, um, so there's name that. Them. Name them. Uh, right, like in order. Yeah. Uh, Eden, Cooper, Garrison, Nora, Bennett, Pierce, Elliot, Keller, Hattie, and Amelia. That's awesome. Hope I really hope I didn't leave didn't one out here. I wasn't <laughs> so, counting. I wasn't either. So, but uh, Johnny, my daughter, is so proud that she can rattle all the names of your kids off. Yeah, really well. She yeah. said she told me one time. She said that uh, when she had trouble falling asleep, that she just practiced. <laughs> she doesn't yeah, count. Kids. She she <laughs> counts, counts huffers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can do it if like I have long pauses to look up and get prompts. Yeah. Or if I see them. Yeah. Oh here. yeah. Yeah. So that. All right, so uh, it's your family. What do you do? Uh, I sell dental things, so and basically anything in a anything in a dental office. I've been doing that for ten years, so uh, I'm not like I'm not that old. I'm only thirty five, but I feel like I'm starting to think of things think of things in decades now. So (laughs) (laughs) there we we are. (laughs) So Uh, when you hit thirty five, you go to you count in decades. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I somebody told me that life is like. Uh, a roll of toilet paper that the closer you get to the end, the faster it goes. Yeah. So there you, go. you got it. But uh, yeah, I'd say I, I love singing and golf and spending time with our kids and uh, hanging out. Just uh, I think it's as I've gotten older, too, I think I just really enjoy just time at home with our family. And uh, it's been a it's yeah. been kind of a sweet thing. So it's For a little sure. crazy sometimes, but for sure. Scott. Yeah. Um, 
we got started at Veritas down in Iowa City, um, just mainly because um, we saw the need to, to have a next generation church, and and we just felt like we met with Mark and felt like it was our calling to get involved in that, and um, just amazing to see where that went and um, how it ended up up here in Cedar Rapids, but it's been a good ride and, and um, have enjoyed every minute of it. Um, as far as myself, um, I don't have 11 kids, but I have um, um, two kids and each of them are married and I have six grandkids, so uh, I'm, I'm running close to that. Enjoyable so, stage? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, um, our grandkids are all her granddaughters, so um, my wife keeps reminding me that we're blessed that way. That um, it takes a special <laughs> grandpa to have um, granddaughters. Yeah. Um, we are just, you going to take them fishing though? Um, I do take them yeah. fishing. Yeah. Do they like yeah. it? Um, some of them like it more than others. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, the, Scott, if you're if you're into fishing, Scott, every year it seems like you pull out monster muskies down in uh well i'm not gonna tell them where you go in case you want to go right. that, but uh i just so enjoy seeing those pictures because i've never caught or landed a muskie i've lost one at the boat caught a lot of northern but never landed a muskie so super envious of that well we could sure take you out there and try it but um yeah i have like a long dna story of why or not dna dnr story yeah. of why i don't fish in iowa because i I love to trouble. fish, but it's like I only go, well, not really. I was, when I was a resident in Phoenix, I would come back and I would buy a fishing license. Well, when I moved back here, uh, they kept seeing me as an out-of-state resident. wasn't changing their records. I was like, I got a, I got a house, I got an Iowa license, but it wasn't enough. And they needed like examples of bills or something to prove my, and I just never did it. So I still, I don't know if I can get an Iowa fishing license. <laughs> I need to work on that. You're on the list. So. <laughs> Watch list for the DNR. Yeah. Now it's interesting. Um, our um, princess um, out of the six granddaughters is the one that likes to, to play with the worms the whole time. The least likely person to do that. But um, she loves being out there just to do that. Yeah. So, so what do you do, Scott? What's your... Um, I trade energy commodities for farmer cooperatives. Um, I work with my son. Um, it's been a blessing for us. Um, it's kind of a niche market. Um, not others out there doing the same thing that we're doing, but there's a real need for it. And um, we work with a fairly small customer base, but um, most of the large cooperatives in the Iowa area. We branch into Minnesota and South Dakota and, and Nebraska and Missouri and Illinois. So, so what does that mean for the layman? When you say you sit by and trade energy commodities, it sounds like, unless I know what that is, I'm like, you're in the CIA. Yeah. No. <laughs> so what, what is that? Uh, I'm far from the CIA, <laughs> but, um, but um, our customers um, have you know, say a million gallons of storage of diesel in storage or gasoline or propane. And um, it's a huge risk to them with the wild volatility that we've seen just even back in the COVID days where the price fell a uh, buck 60 in a short order. Um, 
on a million gallons. That's a big that hit. To, yeah, yeah, it's a big hit to their bottom line, and we keep them hedged up with um, short futures. Um, we do all their forward buying um, as a farmer cooperative. Um, the farmers want to be able to lock in their input needs so they know what their costs are going to be for the year. Mm-hmm. Kind of helps them know what kind of value they can sell their grain at and um, make a profit on it if they know those input costs. Yeah. And so um, they want to be able to lock it in for the upcoming spring, fall needs and um, propane through the winter. Um, just so we help those companies um, secure those gallons and um, just protect their risk. Nice. And you say you work with your son, so you. Eric and Amy also come to Veritas, been here a long time, lead a connection group. Uh, so you get to see some of your grandkids uh, at church. Has that been a joy for you to be in the same place as family to worship together? Um, yeah, it is a joy. Um, I got to say that sometimes there's some distractions on Sunday mornings, um, but um, the good thing about it is Never. we can always go back and listen to the sermon again. So we... Um, uh, don't miss anything. So, um, so you guys, uh, you've probably seen Garrett up on stage. He sings and leads worship quite a bit uh, at church. Um, you, a good chance you may, even in a large church, you may have met Scott and Michelle. They're one of the most friendly people uh, out in the foyer, meeting new people all the time. Uh, Michelle gave me a hard time. Now I got to hug Michelle every time I see her. So I don't. I'm always like running around on a Sunday morning like I got to get somewhere or something and I uh, I missed her one time and she told me hey you need to slow down and now every time I see her it's like okay I got to pause and give Michelle a hug so it's always a joy to uh, to see these guys um a little get to know you questions uh what's something this is always like a hard question to like because what do you deem interesting somebody might be like that's that's not that interesting what what do you think is something interesting about you Oh gosh! Wait, I'll rephrase the question. No, let's just give me suggestions. <laughs> what is something uh, about you that would be helpful for people to know? Oh man, um, maybe not helpful, but this something interesting about yeah. me. I think something that people don't know about me that. Um, that I, that I think is really special. Um, when I was like 12, uh, or so, um, I was legally adopted by my dad. Uh, so changed my name to Hufford Mm. and all that. So that was, uh, I think, and the way that they did it, um, in kind of really making it a really beautiful picture of the gospel, um, uh, was I think really impactful for me, especially looking back on it. Yeah. And Um, at 12, I mean, you got rich memories of that yeah yep so i think that's uh, that's something i think most people don't really know about me it's not like a something i really talk about a lot but um yeah so i think that was that's something i I don't know it's very if it's interesting to other people but i think it's uh special to me and it was a really impactful thing that Mm. most people don't know yeah yeah um as far as um as far as i go uh, there's um uh, it's kind of hard to to pick one thing out. 
Um, I have a lot of I have a lot of metal parts in my body. I have a (laughs) artificial heart valve. I got a a, a replaced hip. Um, I have screws in my ankles. Um, Just (laughs) bionic man. (laughs) I'm not sure what's going to get replaced next or get screwed in, but um, I'm sure there'll be something. But um, yeah, yeah. One of the things that is so inspiring about Scott and Michelle is. they frequent the same vacation destination and just your missional attitude on a vacation. And so many times it's like, Oh, it's vacation. I don't want to see people. I want to talk, but it's like, uh, you know, the names of the people that, that work at that vacation spot, you, you pray for them, you communicate with them throughout the year. It's just, just an example of your guys's heart is always on for, um, spreading the gospel and, and loving and caring for people. It's been, such an encouragement. Yeah, because you and Marcy prefer uh, a, a cabin in the woods <laughs> yeah. where yeah. you won't come into contact yeah. with I don't, a person. No, <laughs> that's vacation. <laughs> if, if, better yet, in the boundary waters uh, where there's not electricity or people within miles. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'd be okay with that kind of vacation <laughs> yeah. too. But um, Michelle really enjoys being amongst people. And while we're there, um, we'll, what would God want us doing? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Just loving on people and, um, you know. And for one of the things that stands out in with Garrett is uh, you probably know him as a talented singer. And just if you've been around him, just a fun guy who likes to laugh and cares for people well. He's got a big heart. But Garrett's love for theology and the word of God. Um, he's an avid reader and um, is just thankful to have at the table when it comes to one of the roles of an elder is just guarding doctrine of our church. Are we saying true things and staying true to, to, to God's word? It's been a blessing. So uh, I'm going to fire off some quick questions. Uh, favorite movie? Uh, Lord of the Rings. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> I had a lady come up to me last Sunday uh, super encouraging. She, I mean, she had some God's working in her life. It was such a great conversation. But one of the things she said is, so I had COVID last week and I watched all the Lord of the Rings movies because you keep referencing them. So I figured I needed to watch them. Yep. And she loved them. Yeah. I was like, that's great. Um, mine, um, my dad served in World War II and um, I would, I just really enjoy the movies about that. I'd say probably Saving Private mm-hmm. Ryan. Oh, yeah. man. Solid, solid, movie. solid choice. Yeah. Uh, favorite book? Ooh. Oh. oh, man. Or as Jeff Meyer pointed out, what's your 67th favorite book? 67th favorite book. Yeah. You gotta count all the books of the Bible. And then <laughs> what? Like, what's a, a book that's you've either really enjoyed or, or been impacted by? Um, I would say uh, one one book that I probably read every year is and um, it's like super accessible and it's uh, uh, a little book on the Christian life by John Calvin. Yeah. I would say is one of them. And then um, another book that I loved um, that I just really enjoyed and I I, I want to get back to it again. It's just very long. Um, is uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer's uh, biography by mm-hmm. Eric Metaxas. So that's yeah phenomenal. Scott, you got anything that comes to mind? Um, I mean, the Bonhoeffer book was, um, it was a long read, but yeah. um, it really sticks out in my mind as a um, very good read. So For sure. Um, favorite food? Barbecue. 
just the whole category. Just the whole category. <laughs> <laughs> it's a genre of food. Um, for me, it's just I, I love um, grilled burgers. So. Classic. Mm-hmm. Favorite place to go out to eat in Cedar Rapids? Oh, man. Uh, the local poor. Yeah. Well. Well, there's just so many good places. Um, I guess right offhand, I'm um, drawing a blank. But um, do you guys eat out very often? Uh, we eat out quite quite often. Um, Michelle's in town quite a bit, um, meeting with ladies, and she goes out yeah. quite a bit. And and sometimes she'd prefer to just stay home, but. Once in a while, we'll where's the place that you took us when we were out on the boat? It was like you'd park your boat and you go eat. Um, Bobbers. Yeah, yeah. Atmosphere was great. Mm. I mean, yeah. anytime you you get off a boat and go eat, yeah, yep. it just adds food tastes yeah. better. Yeah, and looking out over the waters. Yeah, always good. So yeah, it's a fun uh, place. Ideal vacation. So last last summer for like for our anniversary my parents took all of our kids down to St. Louis and left us just at our house. <laughs> I will say like I I love going places and I love I enjoy like being busy and like I like big cities and I like doing stuff yeah. and but I will say that like that was really it was a really great like we just got to be just at our house in a clean <laughs> Like our house was clean for more than an hour. <laughs> uh, we just got to go like down to Iowa City and like all over the place for dinner, and and uh, it was phenomenal. But uh, I would say like we we uh, you know having eleven kids has its like limitations on the length of time and the places that you can go for yeah. vacation. But we try to get out, um, and uh, I think we just we really enjoy like the ocean and stuff like that. But I could see, yeah, we, Marcy and I watched, uh, your kids for a while while you guys got away. And, yeah. uh, I went down and took a nap with Pierce, I think. And <laughs> Marcy, <Yeah. laughs> she, she handled it all, but <laughs> it was a blast. Um, what about you, Scott? Um, it's kind of a toss up between a, um, fishing trip up north or, or a trip to the Caribbean. Oh, um, yeah. we just love the people in Mexico and, and, um, just the weather in this in the winter time is is beautiful compared to here. It just shortens up the winter, mm-hmm. so it's kind of a toss up there. For so. sure, that's great times. All right, uh, tell us how you came to faith in Christ. Like, what's your story of the gospel kind of clicking and making sense to you, and mm-hmm. you're beginning to be a follower of Jesus? Yeah, I can go first. Yeah. Um, you know, Garrett just said he was. 35 years old. Um, that was the age I was when uh, I come to know Christ. Um, having some serious marriage troubles, um, considering divorce. Um, went to a, a business conference and Zig Ziglar was speaking and he yeah. just gave the gospel message and I was a little bit um, irritated with him that he would take <laughs> up our time with that and um, going out the door um, they handed out these cassette tapes um, they were kind of a new thing after eight tracks um, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but 
but they handed those out at the door. And um, you do just, have to explain eight or cassette tapes. That is true statement. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, it's been a while ago, but um, but I threw that cassette in the um, player on the way home, and and um, something just clicked that that's what I needed in so my life. It so it wasn't in the talk; it was the tapes right, afterwards. Right, and right, right. Yeah, yeah. Would you say that you? could articulate the gospel before that but just didn't believe or was that like the first time it made sense to you? um no i would say i could probably articulate it i um grew up going to church but but that's the first time that i really yeah. realized that, that i needed christ mm -hmm. in my life uh, so. mm -hmm. that's amazing one of the things if you know scott at all <laughs> is like the fact that you still can't mm -hmm. tell your story of coming to faith without tearing up. Mm -hmm. It's just a, like, I want that, like mm -hmm. to have a heart that's still tender for your own being saved by mm -hmm. Christ. It's such a beautiful thing. Um, Garrett, what about you? Um, I would say there was kind of like uh, a period of time that I would say the Lord really like laid it on my heart. Um, just going through, um, like ages like 13, 14, 15, kind of in that, in that area. Um, I would say, uh, my parents can attest to this. I like, I had a really funny relationship with the truth. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, I think really struggled with just like kind of it lying would, and, okay. Yeah. Uh, lying and like for just no, no reason, uh, just to make myself look good or get out of trouble or just for the sake of lying. And, um, and kind of led me into, uh, some, some, like some sin that was like just shameful. And, uh, in that just God's, uh, grace, uh, for the parents that he gave me and, um, and the pastor of our church at the time and, uh, just walking, walking through that with me and, speaking gospel truth into it and uh, i think just really a, a recognition that i i i absolutely cannot save mm. save myself um i've you know my uh my sin is an offense to a holy god and like just feeling the weight of like of of my my guilt and um just the beauty of god's grace in those and i think really starting to see uh, a change in my life probably in like, yeah, age 15, 16, mm. you know? And, um, so I would say that's, that is truly when the Lord got a hold of my heart and that you just feel really like clicked from 15, 16, your, you've had consistent like growth and closeness or was it, you know, college, it kind of fell away and then came back at like some people's stories. Do you have like a, no, a pretty consistent track of following Christ since then? I would say like um through uh it's it's amazing how God really does like bring uh people into your life um to just grow you in maturity at the right times mm. um and just by in through his kindness and um just thinking through like people in those moments like through high school it was like Darren and Sarah Ulmer um who are 
uh, Darren's a pastor of a church here in Cedar Rapids and or in Marion. And, yeah, I think uh, I'm, we're getting lunch here soon. Oh, too. nice. Yeah, yeah. It'd be great to connect. Up. So, I mean, he's probably one of the most, most impactful. He married Carly and I and, and stuff. Um, and then uh, and then in college, uh, a guy named uh, Kyle Nelson, um, I would say, was the one who, um, sorry, um, really, uh, it's interesting. He was only on campus at Warburg for like a year and a half. Um, but really instilled in me like a love for God's word. Like as a student or? No, with the Navigators. Okay. Um, and really instilled in me just a love for God's word and um, how to how to read it um, and like how to actually like study it devotionally and mm. um, which, and uh, uh, Phil Long. Uh, and then uh, I would say like just going through, um, and then uh, like Mark Arendt, uh, when we came to Veritas in Iowa yeah. City and we were in their connection group and Dale Mulliken and yeah. some of the elders down in, uh, at Veritas Iowa City. Yeah. And so it's just like, I feel like every time that there there could have been an opportunity for me to like kind of run after my own desires, God put another just really godly man in my life. And mm. even just <laughs> thinking about it is yeah, that's pretty incredible. The blessing um, of, of people like that. Scott, did anybody come to mind like it's been instrumental in your um, spiritual growth? Yeah, I had a, um older gentleman that just really poured into my life for years. Yeah. So his name was Marv. Um, he died a couple of years ago, mm. but um, just yesterday I was um, I told Alexa to play um, "Give Me Jesus" and. <laughs> Um, because that was his favorite song, but um, on our photo um, thing that pops up different photos, um, as soon as I asked for that, Marv's photo uh, popped up. That's so, a sweet moment. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So. so as elders, you guys are at the table um, helping guard the culture of our church, the doctrine of our church, the health of our church, the direction of our church. Um what from that vantage point, when you look at how our church is doing, do you find yourself really thankful for? Mm. Um, I would say I've just been really thankful for just the sermon series that we've been walking through. Uh, I'd say Genesis and and Revelation, and just our commitment to just walking through texts uh, as a church, and um, in a way that really. Um, exemplifies the gospel and uh just god's sovereignty over all things Mm -hmm. and at and that that's a that that's a comfort to us um and also that it's also the fuel for our holiness the fuel for our faithfulness um as as a people Mm -hmm. too and um you know I, i think through uh you know uh just over the last 10 years um you know I feel like it's really hard to see growth in yourself and in your people over like a six month period, mm-hmm. you know, um, and uh, to see people who have been here for eight, nine years and to see how God has really changed and um, and uh, just conform them to himself more and more over eight years. Um, and we try to do this every year in our connection group, too, of of, hey, where have you seen God's 
growth in you over the last year? Because I feel like um, that's an encouragement of God's like faithful work mm-hmm. in his people. And I think that's been, that's been a, a joy for me to see uh, um, and how, uh, how he continues to use those, those themes through everything and to see people beginning and, uh, and faithfully clinging to the truth of God's word, yeah. um, uh, in really difficult times. Cause we've, we're old enough as a church that, you know, we've gone through some, we've gone through some funerals now, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and some difficult, difficult funerals. Uh, and, um, and I think to see the joy that has come out of those, even though, I've uh, been really heartbreaking. I mean, just a mutual friend of ours, you know, Kevin Hunter, and mm. um, to see just how God brought him to life, um, to uh, for him to to uh, die of pancreatic cancer yeah. just a few years ago, and just to see how God used him, even in the uh, the short time that he was alive and following mm. Jesus. And you know, it's just like, oh man, what a yeah, what God. a joy that it was for our church to walk through. You know, I miss Kevin. That's yeah. gonna be. Sweet to see him again someday. Um, What about you, Scott? Um, As far as um, just watching a number of of young people come to know Christ Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. through the church here and just the watching them get baptized um, as well as um, older people um, just Mm -hmm. see how God's um, touching people's lives here um, that I think speaking the truth in the sermons um, just is um, so important to, to have people be able to hear what the Bible actually says and, and not be afraid to shy away from, mm. from the tough subjects. Just going through Revelations has been um, very good personally and um, just seeing the discussion in our connection groups um, just... Um, it, I'm so thankful that, that we've not afraid to take those things on. Yeah, no, that's been a, a blessing. I've told you guys before, but jumping into preaching through revelations, like I was intimidated. Like it's a, all right, here we go. But it's been less confusing and more worshipful than I realized. Mm -hmm. It's just such a personal blessing to, to provide some more study, uh, in that it's been great. So one of the roles of an elder is we're guardians. Mm-hmm. Um, we protect the flock. Uh, what, what's a warning or a concern as we continue to function as a church that you guys have your eyes on of saying, we need to watch out for this, or I don't want to see this happen uh, up among us? Yeah. Um, I've just been really challenged, and I, I think I kind of mentioned this a little bit, just in just benediction after after church a couple weeks ago but just walking through like deuteronomy and seeing uh after kind of like every like longer section moses's like warning to the people like watch out be on your guard be careful that your heart may not be deceived um and i think that for me is like there is there are lies abundant in our culture um and it's it's not just uniquely our culture i think sometimes we get we yeah. get weird about that and think that like the things happening in the world right now are the worst things that have ever happened in the world. Um, and it's like, no, just lies and sin continue to propagate. Right. And, 
Um, and even our conversations in Revelation of like Babylon and, and stuff like that, it is, they are, they are not unattractive mm. to us. And yeah. I think that's the, I think sometimes we think of sin that, um, that it's like this ugly stuff that we run after and it, it is, um, but it doesn't always look that way. And I think, um, you know, that's, that's Moses's like, uh, call to do, don't let your heart be deceived. Like we have to know God's word. Mm. And I would say that that is probably our, that's our, uh, that's really the thing that as a church, like we need to cling to God's word and not for just the sake of clinging to God's word, but to cling to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, Jesus's character, his life is revealed in, in God's word, um, for our benefit, um, yeah. so that we know what is true. Uh, right. And are able to give an account or give a defense for the hope that's within us. And, um, you know, and to be able to decipher and discern what is true, what is false, because everything is just a little off. Yeah. It's just a little off. There's even truth around the lie. Yeah. Yeah. That it's, it's so, it's so easy to believe it. And I think to be, um, you know, we're, we're in a culture of follow your heart, follow these, you know, follow your desires and those things. And it's like, man, no, be suspicious of your heart, <laughs> like, uh, but follow God's word. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good word. Scott, what about good. you? Like if at the elder table, you said, boy, if I start to see this, I'm saying something like, what, what is that to you? Um, just a lot of the, um, the struggles we have with society today, just the, the things that are accepted, um, you know, just my concern is just that, that, um, would be deceived and, and, um, and give in to some of the pressures that Mm -hmm. are out there. Um, but, um, I think we have great people at the table that, that are going to challenge that if, if that ever came about. Um, but I also look at the, the word and, and just see that, that they had the same struggles, um, throughout the Bible is what we do today too. And there's a lot of deception and, um, and a lot of gods that people worshiped and just like we do today. So, mm-hmm. so when you look uh, we're coming up 10 years old as a church now. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you think of the next 10 years, what are your hopes? What would you hope to see be true of us uh, 10 years from now? Um, for me, I just, um, I desire that we continue to preach from the word and not waver from that. And um, I just look forward to the the number of lives that'll be changed during that 10 year period period. Um, I think of 10 years from now, I think of like the age that my children will be Mm. in 10 years. And I think, um, my, my hope, my challenge to, uh, to our, to our church is take your marriage seriously, take your Bible reading seriously take your uh discipleship of your children seriously um and like my prayers in 10 years like when my oldest is 24 and maybe starting a family Mm -hmm. and stuff like that that um that we will see the benefit of of that the next generation following jesus um and like that's that's the thing that i 
I yeah. cannot wait to see. Um, like, I mean, there's a number of us on the elder team that have kids, like, who are kind of, who have started in students over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, that's, I'm so excited to see, um, like, how how God uses them and just a, a prayer for that next generation in our church. Mm-hmm. But part of that um, has to be, uh, like, the the prayer for the next generation is also a prayer for the current generation mm-hmm. too, to say, hey, be faithful, continue in like in a diving into God's word, continue in faithfulness, personal like holiness and devotion to the Lord, and uh, and a commitment to taking uh, taking that seriously and um, fearing God above yeah. man. Amen. That's such a compelling vision because I mean we have over 400 kids in kids ministry on a Sunday morning, and then in 10 years to see if if that group was passionate for Jesus Christ, evangelistic in their school system, in their peer group, um, living for the glory of God. Like what what an incredible movement. And and sadly, often that's not the case. Like there's a, a waning. Uh, in, in students or something and see a church that says, no, we're going to, we're going to champion this next generation mm-hmm. to see faithfulness. There would be incredible mm-hmm. in the next 10 years. Um, thanks for serving. Th- these guys are just such a blessing to me personally and to this church. I want you to know that they love the Lord with all their heart. They love you. Um, they care for your soul. Um, they care for your godliness. Um, and I know it's hard to know your leaders at a church our size. That's why we're doing this. Maybe this, uh, hopefully it helped get to know them a little bit better, but we would encourage you to fight against maybe the the vibe of a big church and fight for a family feel is something we talk about. So if you see Garrett or Scott on a Sunday morning, come up, say hi, introduce yourself, uh, give them a big hug. We're family. We just don't know each other all the time, uh, uh, but we would love that. Um, we love you guys and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Veritas Equipping Podcast. If you have any questions you would like us to address or ideas on how we can serve you better, please reach out to us by email at info at veritascr.church and put podcast in the subject line.